Welcome to Lifestyle Solopreneur, the community for entrepreneurs who put lifestyle first. Join your host, Flavia Barris, as she interviews successful lifestyle solopreneurs and shares ideas to help you find the perfect balance between lifestyle, business, and self. Flavia is an attorney, marketing expert, and founder of several online academies. She's been featured in major media, including BBC World News, The Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, ESPN Television, and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Phil Portman. He is a husband, father, serial entrepreneur, and the founder CEO of TechStrip, a US-based business texting automation platform. His hobbies are inspiring people to crush limiting beliefs and change the world. Life doesn't have to be that hard. Business can be fun and you can pursue your passions in life. You don't have to be stressed out or overwhelmed because you think it will take too much time and energy. That was true in the past, but now that technology has advanced, putting your own business on autopilot isn't even that difficult. Welcome to the show, Phil. Hi, thank you for having me today. Great to have you today. So like many of us, not just listeners, but lots of my past guests, your roots are sort of in the more traditional corporate hamster wheel um, work style. So tell us a little bit about what your mid-20s or so were like and how that compares to today. Yeah. So in my 20s, I, I felt like I had reached quote unquote success. I was in my twenties. I was making six figures. I was traveling around, you know, company card, corporate card, all that. And then I quickly realized that I was FaceTiming with my kids every day. And when they were young, I was missing big moments in their life. You know, they're the crawling, the walking, the, the saying the first words. And, uh, it gave me a chance to analyze my priorities and realize that man, this is not the life that I want. And the future and continued advancements in the corporate world were just more travel, more living out of hotels and more FaceTiming my kids. And um, so I said, I made a decision. I I didn't want to do this. I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a business owner. And I, I ultimately wanted to work from home. And so I made the leap and I started a company, a, a food delivery company. We ended up franchising it across six states. It did very well. The, the problem with it is that it, I followed the traditional corporate growth pattern and I was back to doing the same thing again. I was traveling. I had an office. We had employees and, and I, I wasn't seeing my family again. And so I had an opportunity to sell it, which I did. And I started uh, a couple new companies, TechStrip being uh, the, the primary company. And I was able to automate a majority of the business. And now I have time to pursue my passions, exercise, travel, get on podcasts, you know, that sort of thing. And I really enjoy what I do now because I can pick and choose what I want to do around my schedule. And it made a huge difference in my life. And I can't believe that uh, what I was doing in the past was what I thought success was. Because success for me now is having a balanced life where I can not only provide for my family, but also pursue the other things that I want to do and and also give back to others, including entrepreneurs and business owners. And so part of your secret sauce that's enabled you to get to where you are today, which is vastly different from when you were sort of, yes, you had an amazing bank account, you were, and you 
you do more so now, but back then it was all based on trading your time for dollars, having to travel, sort of following someone else's path that they've set out for you as an employee. And like you said, FaceTiming your kids instead of tucking them in in person at night. And that's tough. But I think part of the reason you've gotten here is because you have mastered automation and uh, organizing yourself and, you know, and delegating. And I know that's something that you teach. So tell us a little bit more about how to incorporate more of that into an entrepreneur's life. Yeah. So for starters, when, when I first became an entrepreneur, I still had this employee mindset. And it, it was tough to get by. You have this idea in your head that you need to prove that you're keeping busy and you're working. I don't know if you ever had this in your own journey, but I would I'd be telling employees, well, you know, I got to take a break to go, you know, run to my kids uh, baseball game. But I, I plan on working again this evening. And I'd be telling my wife and then I'm like, who am I telling this to? None of these people care what I'm doing. And then the second part to that is, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this work just to do work? I think it's something that's almost ingrained in us, right? You, you, in school, you show your work, you got to prove your efforts, and and then you get into the workplace and you have to prove that you're working, that you're providing a great return on your employer's investment and your time and that sort of thing. But it's not that true. That's not that way in the entrepreneur world. It's quite the opposite, rather. If you become the sole person doing all of the work, you're not an entrepreneur. You're an employee of your business. And separating yourself is something that you need to very quickly uh, do if you want to have a good balance, but also explore other companies. An entrepreneur is owning several companies. And in order to do that, you need to free up your time. And how I do that are three components. And I would say it's organization, automation, and delegation. So starting with organization, if you look at things that you have going on in your world, if they're small problems when you're just starting off, like taking notes, following up, calendar appointments, that sort of thing, as you grow, those little small things are going to become monsters, monsters that hold you back. Your disorganization will You'll spend more time looking for things, right, than, than actually uh, utilizing those tools that you that you had in place. So I'd say first and foremost, organizing. If you look at some of the most successful business owners, they know what they're making down to the salt packet in their restaurant or whatever, right? They, the organization, the devil is in the details and having that that sort of thing figured out. So I'd start with organization. The second part is automation. So we live in a world where there are all kinds of tools that you can use. One of the ones I use is Calendly for my appointments. It automatically sends Zoom links out to people. They pick a time that's that I'm available on my Calendly link. And then all I have to do is look at my calendar and see what time I'm avail available to work. So automating everything from the way you, you organize your time, text messages, uh, platform, all of it can be automated with uh, some great tools out there. I loved it so much that I actually built two companies around that. One is Argos Automation and the other one is TechStrip. And they're completely around business automation. And then the last part is delegation. And this can be tough for a lot of people because you're you're, tra you're training people to do what you do, right? To take over those tasks. And it, so that's gonna be hard to let go of that. But I'm constantly looking at my business. And I had a franchise owner a long time ago. And at 38 years old, he had a brain aneurysm. And one of the questions that employees asked me was, if something happened to you, Phil, 
what would happen to this business? Would it continue to operate? Would we continue to be successful or would it fall apart? And at that time, I was the one that knew everything about the business. I was the one that could connect this person to that person and so on and so forth. And and I had developed it, so it made sense. But when I looked at it from that that lens, I realized that I was not doing a justice to my franchise owners or my customers by holding the trade secrets so close to my heart. And so I built a wiki and trained all my employees on everything that I knew. And the result was it freed up my time. Now I could open up other businesses. Now I could have a a great work-life balance. So those three things, the uh, organization, automation, and delegation, I would say are the three components that have really allowed me to scale my businesses and, and free up my time as well. Those are great tips. What are some other automation type software? You mentioned Calendly, which is a great booking app. There's also competitors to Calendly like Acuity. I use something called Book Like a Boss currently, but I've used all three of those in the past. And uh, other than those software, what are some other software that, that you like that you're using currently? Yeah, absolutely. So for the longest time, I, I use Dropbox for documentation, storage, all that kind of stuff. Zoom is 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 probably the, the number one way in this post-COVID world that I'm communicating with everyone else out there. We work specifically with businesses around helping them automate aspects of their of what they do. And so we have all sorts of automation tools that really help them figure that out. And there's even low-code, no-code platforms out there, which if you're not familiar with it, low-code, no-code platform allows you to essentially drag and drop and build out a workflow. And there's plenty of them out there, including Zapier is probably one of the most common ones. Well, you've actually been in that software space. And I love that you've seen uh, sort of holes in the market where you're like, hey, we need to build software to fill that particular hole. Like I know TextDrip and uh, you mentioned Argos. I mean, I would love to hear a little bit more about what those co- software companies do, what the software is, how it helps people, because we have an audience of entrepreneurs. We are a tribe of entrepreneurs. And so it's always great to know what's out there that we can use to help us either in our sales outreach or just in automation or just to help us in our business in other ways. Absolutely. Yeah. So TechStrip uh, works by automating your text flow. So with an integration to your existing CRM or website or lead source or however your contacts are are coming in, it will automate a, a text strip campaign to that lead. So let's say somebody goes on your website, says, yes, I'm interested in finding out more information about your webinar or whatever it is, a drip campaign will start automatically for them. The nice thing about that is that you don't have to sit there and remember to follow up on certain dates with the individual because it's going to automatically text them. We know that texting has the best response rate of any form of communication, significantly better than email, uh, phone calls, and uh, even social media. Text messaging is still the best way to, to communicate with people. So with TextDrip, we've automated that entire portion. Um, everything from auto replies, canned responses to the drip campaigns. And we really want to take away all of the clicking and the copying and the pasting and the reminders that people have to do and just put it into an automated workflow. Argos Automation is a similar platform in that it, it integrates with various CRMs, but it automates the aspects of what they do for following up with their leads in a CRM. And so they can do it with an automatic workflow. They can 
uh, blacklist or whitelist phone numbers. Um, they can choose the times and dates that they want to contact them and automate it all through a, um, a simple interface that runs on their computer. Sounds amazing. Spell it for us, Argos. Yeah, A-R-G-O-S, automation, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-I-O-N.com. And then text drip is just like it sounds, T-E-X-T-D-R-I-P. Love it. So you mentioned something that really struck a nerve with me, which is kids today in school, we sort of ingrain it pretty early on for them that they need to work hard. Because I remember, especially in classes like math, if you were the kid that could actually get to the answer quickly or through some hack or some way that just made it shorter a lot of times the teacher would say, no, no, you have to do it over because I want you to show your work and I want you to go through the long step process that I just taught you. And so from a very early age, we're sort of taught that the shortcut is cheating, you know, that getting there faster or getting there easier may not, may actually be a negative thing. You might not be a hard worker. You might not, you know, be thorough. You might not be doing it right. So I don't know if it's something that we're actually training our society to do. Um, I know a lot of people honor the hustle and just being really busy and pulling all-nighters is like badge of honor. And um, we sort of celebrate people that that burn the candle at both ends uh, rather than sort of openly saying, oh, wow, sorry that happened to you last night. Like what a terrible month you've had. Instead, it's like, oh, you're amazing. Awesome. You're going to make it to the top because you're working so hard. So do you think that this is something we're doing to kids? And is there something we can do to help kids uh, grow up with a different mindset? Absolutely. No, and I, I absolutely agree. And I think, I think there are things that are coming out now that are moving in that direction, right? So when we were kids, we were taught a certain way to do math, for instance, where you carry the one and all that stuff. Well, then they came out with common core math and a lot of people threw up their hands up, you know, and said, what is this? You know, there's, there's, there's like 60 extra steps to doing this common core math. Well, the difference is the way we were taught, it was to do pen and paper. The way that they're teaching kids to do math now is, is mental math, right? To do it in your head. So it looks goofy on paper, but the idea behind it is to really do it, to do it in your head. And the, the thing I would say with, with kids and in and, and, and the way that we're, we're teaching things now is to constantly challenge them to look for new and better ways to achieve things. My own son, he came to me one time and said, you know, dad, I have a terrible memory. I said, what do you mean you have a terrible memory? And he goes, yeah, I just can't remember anything. I got a terrible memory. I said, don't say that. That's not true. You don't have a terrible memory, right? And so to make a point of reference, I taught him how to do a memory palace. And I don't know if any of you have done it, but you walk along a path and you drop items or things that you're trying to remember along that path. And then all you have to do is walk back along that path and you'll remember it in order. So what we did was took the grocery list. We had to go grocery shopping and we walked up the driveway and there was a big jar of garlic leaking down the driveway. And then we looked at the garage door and it was waffles. And then we walked along the front path and it was hair. It was my, we were walking through hair. It was my wife's hairpins. And then we grabbed the doorknob and it was tomatoes. Well, later on that day, we went grocery shopping and we went completely off of my son's memory. And he was blown away by the idea that there was a different way of viewing things or doing things that he wasn't taught in school. And that's okay. And so I would say in order to develop those type of behaviors and habits, 
one of the best things that you can instill in your kids is reading, reading outside of just the things that we learn in school, because that habit hack or the habit hacks, the memory hacks, all of those things, they're all things that I've read in books, right? They're all things that I learned. But if I didn't have a habit of reading three books a week, there's no way I would know that information. So I would say, first and foremost, teach your kids to love reading and build it into a, a daily habit. And then always challenge themselves to look for a different way or a better way of doing it than what they they think is true. Such great advice. I mean, reading in general, not just for kids, but for all of us. I mean, think of how many hours most people, most adults spend browsing Facebook, catching up on episodes of the newest show, and just kind of having internet browser blackout. YouTube is probably a tricky one because you can definitely use YouTube to research and to learn and to better yourself, but it's pretty easy to get sucked into that vortex of, you know, funny singing cat videos and all of that. So I'm with you on the reading and I think encouraging kids to read is very important too. I don't know what the world's going to look like coming up in the future because there's such an emphasis on video and also even audio, not just this podcast, but audiobooks are becoming extremely popular now, that the art of picking up a physical paper book and reading it is sort of going to look archaic and really old fashioned not too long from now. And I'm not sure how that sort of changes the experience of reading uh, when everything just becomes a digital PDF or a, an ebook that you can pick up and read. But I love that advice. Let's do that for all of our kids. Any of us who are um, you know, meeting today on this episode, whether we have kids or no kids or teach kids is just to encourage that habit. Because once you get into that habit, I think people really easily become addicted to reading. I am. I know I look forward to picking up the book that I'm in the middle of and I try to set aside time. I tend to do it at the end of the day, but I know some people wake up early and just read for an hour to kick off their day. It's a great habit. Absolutely. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, just building that routine of reading is incredibly important. There's a, st a statistic that after high school, something like only, I think it's like 30% of people never read an entire book again after high school. And after college, it's somewhere around 40% will never read an entire book end to end. That's a crazy, st that's crazy. That's a crazy statistic. But then you look on the other side and it's like the top CEOs are reading 60 books a week, or I'm sorry, 60 bucks books a year. So there's a, a direct correlation, I believe, between success and reading. And it's such a simple thing. You don't, you don't need to dive into it with spending half your day reading. But in the beginning, if you can just add 10 minutes a day in the evening or in the morning, instead of scrolling through Facebook or scrolling through Netflix and just read, not only is it good for you as an adult, but your kids are watching. They're picking up those habits that you're doing. And if you enjoy reading, then hopefully they will as well. Hopefully we've inspired a few people to read more. That's that's for sure. So for you, what do you see coming up in your business? What's the future of the business? Are you going to add another business to what your mix that you've already put together? Are you looking to take your existing companies anywhere new or different? Um, what are your big goals in the next year or two? Oh man, yes. So a tech strip, we're, we're expanding with artificial intelligence. Um, there's a, there's a lot going on with AI, and we've been building um, some artificial intelligence products to that. So from TechStrip standpoint, that's the direction that we're going. With the automation, we are building a low-code, no-code platform, as well as a marketplace where individuals can buy and sell compiled 
programs um, and automation tools on a on a platform, and the platform's called BotShop. And uh, the the we're building a the low code platform. So essentially, you can drag and drop scripts and items so that you can, if you have a tool that you really think would be useful, but you're not a programmer, you can develop it yourself and then say, hey, you know what? I think there's other people that would be interested in this tool. And then go ahead and market it on our site for others. So that's something that we're actively working on. And that should be up in the next uh, six months. So that's the future on that. And then the future with TechStrip is really the uh, artificial intelligence. It's so exciting, you know, and I, I work in the fields of real estate as well. Um, a lot of folks here know that I, I'm a real estate broker. I'm also a real estate attorney and a small business attorney. And especially in the real estate sales, uh, text automation is phenomenal because a lot of times people do want to be on a list where they get a text message saying, hey, new house for sale in your target neighborhood, uh, check it out because the first to know sort of wins, especially in uh, today's real estate market. So I, I love what you're doing. Um, I know a lot of people listening are going to go and check it out and see how it fits into their workflow for their particular business. Great. Yeah, absolutely. If you guys uh, have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out on philportman.com. Um, you can message me through there. I'm also on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and I do respond to uh, to messages if you have any direct questions for me as well. So be sure to reach out to Phil, everyone, Phil Portman, and uh, his website is philportman.com. Phil, it has been so much fun chatting with you today. Can't wait to connect again soon. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Guess what, lifestyle solopreneurs? If you don't yet have an online business earning you enough passive income to live the life of your dreams, I'd like to suggest you consider trying out Kajabi. Kajabi is an all-in-one solution where you can create and teach online courses, publish a paid newsletter, launch a free or paid podcast, process payments, build one-on-one -on -one coaching portals for your clients, and much, much more. I personally use Kajabi to power numerous successful and profitable online businesses. Lifestyle solopreneurs, there's a free trial of Kajabi waiting for you at this link, www.kfreetrial.com. You can try Kajabi for free, no obligation, by going to www.kfreetrial.com. Again, kfreetrial.com, and that K stands for Kajabi. Starting an online business helped me break free from that corporate grind, and I hope it does the same for you. You have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and see you next time.